Well, good evening, viewers and listeners. If there are indeed any viewers and any listeners that still tune into this, <laughs> people just wait until we do a Bond review and then just think, oh, okay, I might listen and watch this now. For at yeah, least I don't five know. minutes anyway. Well, I don't know why you didn't watch our other stuff. Uh, I mean, I think we did pretty good reviews. I mean, last week was quite interesting. Um, by the way, just want to introduce our new member of our team, the Invisible Man. Uh, we employed oh. him. <laughs> We've employed him, and we're doing Justin his P forty five. So if you if everyone wants to say hello to the Invisible Man, just say hello to him. You can't see him on the screen at the moment. Obviously, that's why it's called Invisible. But yeah, yeah, another week without Justin. So it's just the two of us. Threatening people are getting used to it now. They think, who was that? The guy began with a J. I know that. Ah, uh, that must be going. Oh, yeah, the guy you look like, Ian Bill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I can't remember yeah. his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There might be games. So yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, it's just us two all the time now. I don't know. Dedicated, yeah. dedicated. Um, well, my beard's getting longer. That's yeah. changed. And on that note, we are talking about Spectre. No connection there whatsoever. But where? The only connection is he looks like King George and the Tsar of Russia. That's it, I think. <laughs> I mentioned that to my missus the other week. She was like, what? What's he fucking talking about? He <laughs> should have gone to Specsavers, Samir. Yeah, but he's got new glasses. I think his eyesight's okay, darling. <laughs> age, yeah, age. so... This week we are back on James Bond and we are talking about Spectre. Although having watched it again this morning, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to talk about because I don't even really remember it now. (laughs) I've got notes, but... That's the worst thing. I've been watching it throughout the day and and I've completely forgot already. I just remember the last 10 minutes. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I I think that Hmm. a lot of Bond films... A lot yeah. of Bond films that we've done in the past, I sit there, and when it comes to actually talking about it, I think, what the fuck was that all about? Yeah. It's only when we actually start talking, I remember bits. It's yeah. really weird. I don't feel that with a lot of other films. Really no. strange. I think it's just a case, I think, the, as we've uh, said in the past, I think it's just become a standard action movie. And I think that's the problem we have with Bond movies and them sort of movies, you don't really remember anything outstanding. All you remember is that guy killed that guy, that thing blew up. Uh, and in normally a Bond case, uh, it's like he slept with that woman and then slept with that one <laughs> and that, that one dies and then whatever else. <laughs> okay, let's go through some of the stats then, the metadata. So IMDb page, always go to IMDb. Um, synopsis a cryptic message from James Bond's past sends him on a trail to uncover the existence of a sinister organisation named Spectre with a new threat dawning Bond learns the terrible truth about the author of all his pain in his most recent missions obviously referring to Blofeld there yes so quick review of the six top cast I mean viewers can see this here if they haven't seen it before Daniel Craig obviously James Bond Christopher Waltz or Waltz. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce that Waltz since it's a German name or Waltz. I think it's Waltz. Waltz. Okay. I think so. so. Chris, it's actually Christoph as well, not Christopher. Christoph yeah. Waltz is Blofeld. Uh, Leah, Leah Sidhu as Madeline Swan. Uh, Ralph M steps in as M nowadays, which is, uh, I kind of prefer it, you know? Yes. 
it's uh, it's not a it's not a sexist thing. It's not a male female thing. It's just that I just prefer M. It was Judy Dench playing M was okay for a while, but then it got a bit. Yeah, it became too much like a, a mum telling the son what to do all the time. You mean? Yeah, yeah, and that, that crossover between Brosnan. Yes. And Daniel Craig, when we know that the Daniel Craig era is almost like a reboot of the whole Bond story, it didn't. Yes. You know, it was like it's like this kind of cr- weird crossover legacy. Cut M is inherently yeah. anyway. Um, Monica Bellucci as Lucia, uh, very brief role yeah, in this film. I wish it was in there a little bit longer. Be honest with you, uh, it would have yeah. been more interesting. I like her as a, as an actress and. Um, generally just to look at i think she's very nice to look at well i'm gonna say i just like her bloody hell (laughs) (laughs) sorry but she's she's very nice to look at and yeah she's a decent actress i've seen some of her european or italian movies french movies and she's always been good i'm wild i would have had her as the uh, love interest it would work out age range wise as well yes you know, because seeing Daniel Craig all over that Leia Sidhu, whatever her name is, it's a bit, it's a bit close, isn't it? Because Daniel Craig, he's looking old in this film. He's starting to look a little bit, uh, you know, where his face looks like it's, uh, what it crumbled or sort of uh, <laughs> like crunched up sort of thing. It looks, and you see it on the target. You know, in the end, where the target practice when the, when the target practice turns around and they've got the. Daniel Craig or Bond's face on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that's an older pi- uh, picture because he looks much younger on that than he <laughs> does in the movie. And you think, hmm, don't you? Know, it's not working here, mate. You're about forty-eight years old, forty-nine years old, or whatever he was in, in this movie. Or I think it was in his mid-forties, maybe. Shit. No, Sorry. he can't. He's got to be a bit older than that, surely. Well, I hope so, out. mate. I hope so because I've just realised in August I've in August I'd be officially in my mid-40s uh, I suppose not not everyone can be Peter Pan can they uh, no. never mind no. Ben as Q and Naomi yeah. Harris of Bunny Penny Dave Bautista as uh, Dave Bautista yeah. as Hinks the, the end yeah, anyway there you go you can see the rest of the cast on the screen fuck's sake there, there's one in, for you. there's one interesting fact um, do you watch cricket at all or um no, I haven't watched cricket for years. But have you heard of the commentator Blofeld? No. They're calling blowers, basically. Blofeld's father went to Eton uh, with Ian Fleming, and apparently they didn't get on, and he or they were friends or something like that, and they were rivals in certain things. And then he basically, when he wrote the books, he named him after uh, this cricket uh, commentator's father. There's always some odd connection, isn't there, with Ian Fleming's stuff. He's always naming things after people that he didn't like or he didn't particularly get on with. I mean, was that other one? That um, Goldfinger. Goldfinger, yeah. It seems that, yeah, from what I've seen documentary-wise and whatnot about Ian Fleming, not, a pe- not many people liked him. He didn't get on with many people. No. I think he was one of those uh, guys who, uh, how can I say, bit bit of a uh, prick, maybe a yeah posh <laughs> prick maybe, and also a loner. I think he he was one of those people where 
I've noticed this where they think or they may be intelligent, really intelligent, or they think they're really intelligent and they are really lonely people because other people don't necessarily have the same sort of interests as them and they find them boring and they end up being pricks with other people. That's the only problem. That sounds like me. Well, I, I, sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. I don't want to say that. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, box office numbers: two hundred and forty-five million estimated. Now, at the time, I think this was the biggest Bond film ever, wasn't it? In terms of yes, money spent. Opening weekend: seventy million, seventy point four million gross US and Canada: two hundred million gross worldwide: nearly a billion, eight hundred eighty-eight million. So, numbers-wise, fairly successful. They're Can't not really bad. complain at that. No. Yeah. But, um... Still, didn't keep me interested for too long. No. I think <coughs> what's happened now is, uh, I think, the Daniel Craig era has become, trying to become too realistic and lives in a world that... But it doesn't take you to the fantasy. I think the Bond formula... Uh, and and it hurts to say as a Bond fan, and that has diminished a bit since uh, reviewing Bond movies because I've started realizing. As I, I'm going to repeat myself, after the 80s, Bond was over. To me, it's then Bond finished in the 80s because to me, Daniel, uh, I mean Pierce Brosnan, uh, it was not the same as it was in the 80s. You couldn't have the sort of jokes you couldn't have the sexism and i'm not saying okay yeah i believe in respect and everything for people but that's bond you cannot take that essential formula out and say okay bond's gonna be the same to me with a pierce brosnan yeah there was bits here and there but it was purely a, a action a hero mm. he went to eaton so-called eaton dressed in expensive um suits and basically drove expensive cars but it was no different to any other action person i mean okay you can sort of mix match uh someone like true lies with bond which was a copy of bond um or even rambo be honest with you if i want to go really extreme or commando that, that is fucking extreme man. well yeah. commando i can go with because there's bits in this film like you know where he escapes that facility and he's with a machine gun in one hand, just running out in the yeah. open, and everyone else is like, you know, with like shoulder stocks, like aiming and shooting and missing him, and he's just there, like, Ugh. yeah. And you think, oh, God, come on. And that 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 wouldn't happen, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't no. imagine Sylvester Stallone actually saying Bond, James Bond, because I think uh, we wouldn't really understand necessarily what he's saying at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, when I think about when I think about. James Bond. I think some of some of the problem in the in the latter movies is they took it out of that fifties slash sixties Cold War era. You've mentioned yes. that before, and I'm starting to think that now. I think that even like the most recent one, No Time to Die, if that was a Bond movie, but yet recent modern filming and action and stuff, but still set within the fifties and sixties environment, there's nothing wrong with that. So I think that'd be much more interesting if if they'd sort of carried that on. Yeah. People may have got bored of it by now, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Or is it the time? Or is it really the time to say adios, Mister Bond? Um, 
or goodbye Mr. Bond and actually not bring him back. I do not know. Um, well, that's a gravy train, isn't it? I mean, you think about the whole Bond movie, that what a whole ecosystem that's got around it of all those people that employs and stuff. If we just said, ah, I don't have a Bond now, it's boring, see you later. All these people will be like, fucking hell, shit, what am I going to do now? But... But it's, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, when you think about it that way, but at the same time, aren't we in danger of destroying a legacy of a institution, a British institution? I think it already has been. I think that was long gone, long gone. I don't know about destroyed, but just kind of it's been dragged on. Yeah, I think it's a bit like an American TV series, you know, where they, you know, season eight or it is one Supernatural. You ever seen that? No, I haven't, no. Good, but I know. It that way. It's okay. fucking bollocks. It's awful. It's poorly wrote, poorly acted, poorly directed. But it went on for like 25 seasons or something. Mental. Yeah, but it's like Dallas. It started in the 70s and finished in the mid-90s or early to mid-90s. And then they bloody decided to remake it a few years back. And I, I watched one episode and I thought, uh, the oh, magic's gone yes. and it's awful. Uh <laughs> Let, uh, why don't we say you know when you find something interesting right and then you yeah. see it after so many years it was one of those I thought I I, I just switched off I was like no I'll leave it in the 80s let it be and that's it I never watched another episode I said it's awful so should we talk about this film then yeah yeah sure <laughs> um, the opening sequence I quite enjoyed yes I did as well and I really enjoyed the uh, the way they did the Bond theme as well Here's the thing, actually. Um, didn't we see this in the cinema? Yes, I think we did. I you, think we Justin, won. and I, I think the three of us went. Yes, I think we did. And I, I watched it in the cinema, yeah, and I think it was, we went, yeah. yeah. Yes, we went to Pizza Express afterwards, didn't we? We went to some restaurant anyway. Pizza place. Yeah, I think it might have been anyway, yeah, but... Um, that was before, I think. I don't know. I can't remember. And but, you had your um, Tumble and Essa shirt on. Yeah, I was wearing a Tumble and Essa shirt, a proper casino cuffed shirt as well. Yeah. And I was yeah. the only one making a big deal, and you were saying, but Samir, no one has noticed this. Uh, in the, no one gives uh, a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, it was just I a, don't it was give a shit. Pa- it was a pale blue shirt, you know, and yeah. I thought I'd wear it because it was a, a Bond themed evening, and I thought, fuck it, why not? And yeah. No one else cared. I mean, I didn't expect anyone else to care about it, really. <laughs> well, that shirt, I did me. That shirt did cost me nearly 200 quid. I've only wore it yeah. once. Really? I've still got it. Yeah, I've still got it, but I only wore it once. <laughs> Was it because uh, you thought, ah, oh, I can't be bothered now keeping in shape? I've done it. I, I, I'm sort of. Uh... Well, I think putting on weight, yeah, between buying it and like now, I think I'm in my fit now. No, I don't know. But um, I don't know. One but day so, when I can fit, when you can fit in yours and I can fit in mine, we'll basically wear it on one of our Bond reviews. And we could do a Bond recap yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah. So opening sequence, yeah, I thought it was quite quite entertaining actually. Um, although yeah. it dragged on a little bit with the helicopter stuff, I felt it was getting a bit. Yeah. Like, come on, wrap it up. Let's start the credits. Come on, hurry up. Um, I've got a funny effect about that though. On. And, it, 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 and it's quite funny, and people won't believe me, but you know the stunt that was done in the helicopter as Daniel Craig himself? Mm. Who, uh, Daniel Craig 
it was an Indian guy who actually doubled for Daniel Craig. An Indian guy? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this was him because you know that Mission Impossible sort of. It was actually a Sikh. They just covered yeah, it was a Sikh. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that. Those rub- yeah, exactly. <laughs> But you know those masks you uh, the, the head where, where it fits perfect around your face, like uh, you look like that person, allegedly. Right. That's what he wore, uh, and they did a casting of Daniel Craig's face, and he put it on his face, um, and it was him. And uh, I don't know how they did the hands, but it was also done on the hands or something as well. And that's why, uh, yeah. So that was a very interesting fact. I remember watching the making of this, and it was some. Indian guy or Asian guy from the subcontinent historically anyway and he's one of the top uh, stuntmen in Hollywood um, and I was quite surprised when that, uh, that I heard that because you don't see anyone looking Asian really but then I found out yeah. there's all this rubber thing that goes down to here and that lot so all that shoulders and that lot is like then you quite so it doesn't come off suddenly fair enough mm. you'll be paid well to do that in you yeah, and in case it comes off and the turban flies out, then, you know, people can <laughs> complain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you were a stuntman and you were actually a Sikh, yeah. you're really limiting your opportunities, isn't you? <laughs> true, true. <laughs> <laughs> very true, uh, very true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, before we get carried away with that... <laughs> Did you? What do you think of the theme song on this one? Uh, writing on the wall. Uh, was it Sam? What's his name? Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Yeah. Um, I think it was okay, but it wasn't brilliant. But he won an Oscar. I felt that um, it was very odd. It was like a schizophrenic theme song. I felt because yes. one minute it was sung in a low key, and the next it was all high pitched. And then it changed. They went a high pitch. It's very discombobulating, actually. That song. I think Sam Smith at the time was going through certain uh, ID crises himself. I don't know if you remember that at all. No, I don't. You know, I, I didn't even fucking heard of the geezer until today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he made this, and as you know, it's a little bit confused about Bond's also ID crisis, and he went for that as well at the time, and it was a case where it was a lot about fluid gender, and I think he related that to this uh, song because he felt Bond was also going through that with uh, Blofeld's son being his um, stepbrother or, or his adopted brother, whatever the case may be. So no. that's all I remember. I don't remember the full, but I remember a full story. But I remember bits here and there, hearing about it at the same time. Mm. I thought, yeah, the whole Blofeld being his, his stepbrother thing. I mean, that to me just seems very lazy. Yes, yes. Because I'm not sure. Any, if anyone knows more in depth knowledge and us about Bond. I'm meant to be the Bond uh, expert here, but only in the old movies, not these uh, modern makeup ones. Can I have not found anything in the novels, or I may have missed, uh, may have missed it in there. But were they actually? Was the story actually like that? If or is it just made up for this? I've always. I'm going to answer that for you, Samir. No. 
Of course it fucking wasn't. There's no way Ian, Fle- Ian Fleming sat there and said, oh, Blofeld, by the way, he's Bond's half-brother. Exactly, brother. Yeah. yeah. I just can't see, regardless of what we've said about Fleming, and he might have been a prick or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't, I just don't feel that he would have done that. It just seems like he would be lazy to me. Yeah, I think it. I think it's it like, was lazy. It's it's like it's like the script of a story, um, a Scooby Doo episode. It's um, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't look like him as well. It's like identical twins. Oh look, you know, take the take the rubber mask off his face. It looks <laughs> like him as well. Oh my god. Oh. Another thing is um, also it's amazing how they suddenly made quantum um, part of the sort of web where Spectre was the top thing I've got a funny feeling because the rights were sort of the, the actual license was over they thought yeah. oh, okay we'll make Spectre and we'll do that but I don't I think what it was initially Quantum was going to be the replacement for Spectre if they didn't come to agreement or the the licensing by Kevin McRae didn't come to an end I think that's what it is but they try to play that in a smart way, but it didn't work. Hmm. I don't think but, it worked at all. In fact, that, that kind of confused me a bit because, you know, in typical fashion, you know, I forgot the previous Bond movies and that it's guy was hard. in it, Mr. <laughs> that guy was in it, Mr. White, and they're mentioning this. Is like, I, I vaguely remember that. I don't really remember yeah. massively what that was about. Um, but, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it did seem like an opportunity. Like, right, okay, any any loose ends we've got, any things that we wrote previously that we, that we wish we hadn't, let's try and merge in and, and whitewash it with this whole Spectre thing, and that's it. And now, Spectre's over in it, theoretically. Now they've captured Blofeld. Well, uh, yeah, yes. Uh, I can't really say till we see the last movie, but yeah, no time to die. I, I mean, I watched that. You know, Christmas over a, a relative, you know, family thing. Um, it was on. And I don't even remember much of that. <laughs> well, what can I say? I will say something about Bond, though. Christoph Waltz in this. And that, that, that scene where he's got Bond strapped into that surgical kind of chair thing, whatever. Put some fucking socks on, mate. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, what? but Miami Vice. <laughs> there, there was a thing, and I don't know when it was, but it's sort of like European fashion. Yes, they, they... Sort of, was it eighties? Was it? I, I seem yeah. to remember it being more recently as well, sort of like in sort of the mid two thousand tens. Um, that there was this kind of fashion thing that in in Europe where you wear a pair of like chino trousers. And a pair of driving shoes or loafers with no socks, and the and the trousers you're wearing have got to be like that much up from your ankle. It's fucking okay. weird. I've never liked that fashion. So Put the loafers, some fucking socks on, mate. So the loafers without um, socks were famous in the eighties as well, but right. not with uh, your sort of trousers up so much, like from the bottom. It was like properly nice beautiful trousers what we would wear in any sort of era no one wants to see men's ankles and shit it's just no just stop it 
But the man who made it really famous in the 80s uh, was Don Johnson with his white so, suit. Yeah, I remember Don Johnson. In I've got Miami Heat. I've got the whole a whole five series of that. I, Miami Vice, you mean? That's it. Not Miami yeah. Heat. Bloody hell. That is a basketball That's, team, isn't it? Yeah, it's an NBA team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah my mistake. Um, no, yeah, but Miami Vice, I haven't seen oh. it yet. We seem to be talking about everything but Spectre tonight. <laughs> Could it be the case that it was that bad? <laughs> and I'm willing to say, fuck it, go, just roll with it. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, okay, the, the other good thing about Spectre was a, a DB10 or the whatever it was, the, the Aston Martin, a lovely shape and stuff like that. Really, that was a, that was an interesting uh, sort of scene, uh, sort of the chase I, in rhyme. I preferred the Jaguar, to be honest. Yeah, but both cars were beautiful, I have to say, but. Um, so, um, the Jaguar was a, a prototype model, I think it was. It was. Um, Did it ever come out though, that Jag? No, no, not that I'm aware of. Anyway, CX seventy five, I think it was. No. Um, it never came out. I don't. It never went on major release. Um, I think the, the DB whatever it was wasn't a major. Was it DB ten? Wasn't a major release. It was a, it was a DB ten. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't me. I think they only had ten of them, and that's why it was called DB ten, if I remember right. correctly. Justin, where the hell are you, mate? You would know this off by heart. I can't remember everything. I'm getting old. Yeah, Justin likes the old fucking... The old car stuff, doesn't he? Okay, so here we are. The Jaguar CX-75 concept car. Six produced. Wow. wow. Six. That's it. There was, um, I read an article earlier today that they... Um, it is nice looking, but they um, they auctioned off the one that was actually used in the Bond movie, and the outside was like like, like this, absolutely beautiful. But inside, it looked like a fucking stock racing car. There was just nothing in it. It was bare bones yeah. in there. But in the I mean, what's his name? Uh, the the guy driving it was so big. I mean, I, he looked like he was struggling as well. Yeah, that um, Dave. Batista or Batusta, whatever you, how you pronounce his name, he's a big fella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he managed to get in that. He probably, he probably didn't spend a lot of time in that car. No, I've got a funny feeling that's why they ripped most of it out. That's why there wasn't anything in there because of that, because it was mm. so big. Another bit I don't like in that movie it always gives me shivers is when he just goes into the hall, you know, where the desk is, you know, the massive conference, and just press that guy's eyes and. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm going bloody hell. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did notice these. Yeah, these thumbnails. I don't know. If they were supposed to be like metal. Yeah, there was something, something. strange about them. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it. It's never mentioned, never explained. No. It, you know, it's kind of. I suppose it's kind of moving on from the old style of Bond films, where everyone, every villain, had a, a strange quirk. Yeah. You know, with like this little old granny with a blade in her shoe. Just trying to kick you in the shins, or um, <laughs> or somebody throws a fucking at. Ridiculous. Yeah. I think uh, that that is one thing Fleming did have that uh, non-British people had these strange features all the time, like that or something going on. And if you read the books, that was uh, one of the things they got away from it because of the world's changed and hmm. stuff like that. Because it's, uh, as we know. Britain's changed, the world's changed. But now that, that you're right, that fun thing, I do not know, but it might be one of these old things that have come back to in a very sort of slight way. And look at this bad guy's got a funny feature. 
Yeah. Yeah. Have you got a photograph of the DB10? Oh, you Might want me to find that? Okay. Uh, yes. Because oh. I can tell Paul's getting up again. What the hell's going on with this movie? I'm really getting struggling. I am struggling. I'm struggling for things to talk about on this because it's just it just doesn't seem it just didn't particularly interest me. I think I probably started to lose interest about an hour and ten minutes in. I felt that okay, there's a there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of chopping and changing. In typical in Bond in Bond movies, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I saw at the end, um, at the end credits, there was a, apparently there was a bunch of scenes filmed in Tokyo, Japan. Really? I don't remember. I don't remember any of them. Neither do I. Yeah, in the end credits, it had you know um, Tokyo, Austria, um, Italy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought I do not fucking remember Japan in this film. Maybe I read that wrong. I don't fucking know. But so I anyway, yes. The car was unveiled by Sam Mendes and Barbara Broccoli, director and producer of Spectre, respectively. The twenty-fourth James Bond. Blah blah blah. Um, there's only ever 10 produced. Yeah, you were right. And how, uh, wow. And, they don't, and this is a designer, is it? Yeah, Marek Reichman. Now, look, if, if, if I was to say to you, right, the designer of the DP10 was a guy called Marek Reichman, what would you think? German. Exactly. He's not, he's bloody English. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. A name like that. See, that's what I mean. The world has changed. Oh, yeah, it's not called John Smith. Why is he not called John, John Smith? Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, there it is. There is DB10. If you're watching this, wow, nice. it's no good for our, no good for our listeners. But I mean, you know what the DB10 looks like. You can look it up yourself. Um, yeah, I've got yeah, two, so, of the, two of them myself in my garage. Yeah, obviously, no, I don't have it. Looks, uh, that, that. That's where it went. Then I had one of them as well. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I forgot to bring it back. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just quite a nice car. Very nice. Um, yeah. it's, it's odd that they only produce some of it. It's funny how they only produce a few. Um, yes. You think that if you was if you had a car in a major film that you yes. knew a lot of people were going to watch, you would try and manufacture that car as much as possible, and possibly even lower the price that your average person could buy it. That's certainly what I would do. Let's face it: if Toyota did fucking cars the bond movies everyone you know that year of release the bond movie every fucker that, that would have a drive would, would, would have one yeah and you think why not why wouldn't you do that exactly it's good yeah, business get an mr2 in there you know? <laughs> <laughs> bond drives an mr2 around actually yeah and everyone would have an mr2 I don't okay. produce them anymore, but what I'm trying to say is, I can. Uh, I've got one. I can say, by the way, does anyone want to buy bond it? Car. Yeah, it's, a yeah. it's a bond car. It's a car. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go, Aston Martin. There you go. I could work for Aston Martin in their marketing department, their strategy and marketing department. Lower the price and mass about, manufacture it. Let everyone have an Aston Martin DB17, whatever the fuck it's going to be next year. There you go. Let everyone be able to buy one. Or call it DP007. Yeah, it's probably a bit much, isn't it? That? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. That's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? You're driving yeah. around a DP007, people are going, fucking prick. They only <laughs> sell about four of them, correct? And <laughs> fucking wanker. Look at him. He thinks he's Bond. What a sweat. <laughs> yeah. And this guy who's about two, four, two, four, two, two, 
feet four inches comes out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette, can of tents in one end. Yep. Vest on. On benefits. Look at me, look, I've got a DB007. 50 inch waist. <laughs> <laughs> Going down down to the bookies, mate. I didn't buy it. The taxpayer did. Who's <laughs> <It was> winning? <laughs> yeah, that probably would be the case. <laughs> Here you go. Someone Aston Martin sales just skyrocket. They'd be like, fucking hell, this Paul's a genius. <laughs> Even people on benefits can afford a DB007. This is amazing. <laughs> We've sold more, coal, more cars in this year than we have for the entire existence of the company. Uh, <laughs> Five ninety nine for the for, for the screw front screw. <laughs> well, anyway, Rome looked really nice. I, I liked Rome, and yeah, it's a shame it didn't you... feature. It didn't really no. feature much, did it? That that whole scene, really, with Monica Bellucci, that could have just been that could have just not existed. I mean, what was the whole purpose? To go there and find out the name of someone, and and have a bit of sex in between, and uh, yeah. champagne and all that shit, you know, it the goes, usual goes without saying, though, doesn't it? With fucking Bond films, doesn't it? You know, you know he's going to end up shagging them. Yeah, but, but I would have, as I said, <clears throat> she would have been good in in the movie, more in the movie, the love interest and everything. I, yeah, I think the love interest is in it would be an interesting one, but then it would have been hard to have done because that guy, Mr. White, that he saw. Yeah, that's the other thing, of course, is that Mr. White was kind of like a relative age, wasn't it? Yes. They were quite similar in age, weren't they? It's just that one had a beard with grey hair in it and the other didn't. No. So, <laughs> so here's my daughter, by the way. But don't well, you go shagging her. <laughs> but this is the thing. What happens? No, exactly. Don't trust any uh, people called James Bond with your daughters. That's what I'm saying. Or with grey beards. <clears throat> Definitely with that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So having Monica Bellucci as the love interest, I think, would have worked better. But then it would have been difficult oh. to have explained that one, unless, of course, they just Mr. White was just there as an inconsequential character, and he just said, "Yeah, okay, what's well, this, that, and the other? Thanks for the gun." Poof, poof, that's a bullet for his head. And then Monica Bellucci's character is the one that actually is more intertwined and knows more about things. And yes, that would have been a bit more interesting. Another thing is. Um talking about that when daniel craig uh doesn't uh, shave in between you're right he does look much older because he's got a very gray beard and stuff like that um so i don't know how he can sort of go out with someone who's about 25 or 23 whatever she is i suppose she's meant to be slightly older in the movie because she's already a professor or whatever but mm-hmm. yeah, I think um, myself personally, I wouldn't be very comfy if I'm uh, reaching, getting on to uh, 50 and I've got a 25-year-old opposite me. Don't get me wrong, that would be uh, every man's fantasy, but the fact is that you can't relate to that person at all. And I don't know how James Bond could. Um, well, it's the situation that threw them together. I suppose you could find something. If, if this was a real scenario, then yes, you could find something just at the moment because you're thrown into a situation. But in terms of... I mean, when you think about No Time to Die, that love interest comes back. Yes. And you think, oh, all right. 
Yeah, but the thing is, yeah, you're right. If someone throws you together, yeah, you, you don't really have that that choice, do you? Yeah, things can happen. But in real life, can you imagine? Oh, so when you were younger, uh, Paul, when you were younger, Samir, did they have mobile phones or did they have internet? It'll be things like that, you, you know. And I do remember that when you were a kid watching that program. No, uh you were 10 years old and I was at university and I was 19 <laughs> or 21 years old or whatever it may be or whatever. Uh, it, you know, it'll be that sort of situation. That's, that's, and, and then when you think that, think it that way, when you mention that, oh, you were at school and I was at uni, you think, shit. Yeah. Yeah, you go into that territory of, you know what? Yeah, I could actually be daddy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did they actually sleep with each other straight after that train ex- experience yes the, uh, the... It, it, you know when what's the david guy gets kicked out or pulled out of the train yeah. and they'd look at each other what do we do next and the next thing you do go into the uh, cab and just basically rip each other's clothes off in the end then bond yeah. music starts yeah i am um, i thought that was a bit it's forced I and mean, yes. would you do that no, not really. No, not after like, having... Fuck me, my throat hurts. I've been punched. My fucking ribs are all bruised. So now, can we can we save it for tomorrow night, love? <laughs> I think it might be a few weeks before you would try anything <laughs> after that sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, if you're offering, I'll take a hand job, but I can't do anything more physical than that, love. I'm beaten and kicked shitless. I can't... <laughs> I think neither of you would have the energy anyway, would you? I mean, uh, <laughs> after you would have the buzz while you're fighting, that would be running for your blood. But once it's over, uh, uh, like we know, the boxers don't feel pain Just during crack, the fight. Yeah. But Just afterwards, crash. yeah, you would crash and you go, oh, shit. <laughs> Can you get a doctor, please? I can't move, love. I've and got in my... Um, in, I've got in my... Notes here. Um, escape seems pathetic. You know, where he's shooting everybody. We briefly mentioned that already, where he's like oh, yeah. shooting people. He's on open ground and he's just shooting people one handed. And anyway, you know, it was like a commando moment. I thought, Jesus Christ, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here we, for entertainment. And um, I've, got, I've got another note and I'm trying, I'm struggling to understand <laughs> why I said, why I wrote this down. Please In three think. minutes, for fuck's sake. Do you think three minutes? Is that a bomb or something that's set for three minutes? I think it was. I think so. That's right. Yes, because there was a bomb set by Blofeld in the old MI6, MI5 building. And uh, the one which is, which is new in real life, but yes. The new mm. one in real life, yeah. yeah. I just... Uh, you know, why would you bother... If he was Blayfield, why has he just stood there as well, waiting for him in like this room with a piece of bulletproof glass in front of him? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's strange. I'll be frank and honest with you. It was getting so boring at that point. <laughs> I had to turn it off because I remembered it anyway. Uh, but it was, I was going, oh my God, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. That's all I could think in my mind. I'm struggling. And that's saying something. Well, of a person who loves Bond, as you know, you guys know I, I'm a big Bond fan, mm. but now it just... Well, you're not what... really, though, are you? I mean, no, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. All these reviews, mate. <laughs> if we got all of your scores lined up for all these movies, most of them 
would be absolute shit. <laughs> I don't know I, how you can call yourself a Bond fan. <laughs> but can you, you know, after the 60s or 70s or whatever movies, I think up to, uh, even up to the 80s, my scores were okay. But after that, I think my scores have been pretty bad. You're right. I think since tank, the PS... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so if you're a bad guy who wanted to take over the world, you go to the MI6 old building just to take revenge on your half-brother or step-brother, whatever he was, and then get caught, and your ideas are not going to happen. Would you do that as a bad guy, or would you just say, okay, goodbye, he's gone, he's escaped, All right, let me ca- ca- carry on with my domination of the world, or try to dominate the world? What, what, I mean... Why did they do this with the bad guys? They have to finish it off with the good guy. And then, yeah, well, I think it's just basically down to lazy writing again. Really, I think there's so many. I mean, Bond's been around for 60, 60 years now, and it was it more yeah. sixty odd years. Over sixty years now. Yeah, you know, everything you can think of has been done pretty much, hasn't it? I mean, he's been a fucking space. He's yeah. been a the, the West Indies countless times. He's, he's been, been Japanese. Yeah, he's been Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what more can you do? So now it's just this kind of like sort of lazy writing where Blofeld's you... in an old building waiting for him. I think, well, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Give him a, um, I don't know. I better not say anything. Well, I'm going to say this, right? Mm. Is that another one of my notes here is cunts was the overriding theme in this film. Right. Yeah, because C. they referred. Yeah, they referred to that new fella Max as C. Oh, we, yeah. and then they kind of played. Oh, I'll just call you C and all that kind of stuff. So referring that he was a complete C, yeah. and also it was CNS was the criminal network or something. They were, or the, mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it now, but the abbreviation was CNS. That they was the new thing that they were creating to do away with 007 and MI6 and MI5. So we, all that's missing is a U, a T, and it's cunts, yes. which says an awful lot. It's a, a, a sub, a, you know, a, a subplot and, as well that these are a bunch of cunts setting this up. And not only that, if you remember, even M was uh, saying, uh, "What does that that makes you a?" Uh, careless, he says, but he was going to say, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But do you know in real life the head of MI6 is actually known as C, right? Now, I just found out that a few weeks ago. <laughs> How'd you find that out? I read it somewhere, I can't remember where, but it was oh, right. somewhere. No, shit, did I give my cover away? It wasn't, away? A, it wasn't <laughs> a contact, was it? It wasn't a hmm. nah, mate, I, I don't have that sort of context. But uh, yeah, so cunts was the underlying theme in this. They're all a bunch of. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, uh, the fact is, they are, aren't they? Because they, they want to do the 1984 on people yeah, spying on them. The yeah. Although, yeah, I mean, come on. The GCHQ have been doing that for years anyway. I mean, Edward Snowden blew all that open. They've been doing it for donkey's years anyway. So this film really. Was just kind of telling Tell us the what, what they all, what they all been doing for years anyway. I mean, everything we do is surveilled, and the surveillance state is massive. It's massive business as well. It's not just intelligence agencies doing it; it's marketing, no, 
developing uh, you know ad agencies they all do it private security firms still yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. somebody i can't remember who it was but somebody famously said a number of years ago that data is the new oil um it's massive so yeah it was a bit of a 2015 this film was anything they were talking about it then when did Snowden blow the... It was 2000, actually, 2014, wasn't it? 2014, Edward Snowden showed all the NSA, GCHQ surveillance stuff. Yeah, so that then, chimes in with this, doesn't it? The global and, security thing. And Wikipedia's guy was also getting stuff out there at that time as well. Yes, Julian Assange. Yeah. yeah. He's fucked now, isn't he? Yeah. Obviously, the CIA are not going to let him go, are they? Oh, no. I mean, that guy will just... Um, I don't even know if they'll keep him alive, will they? The Americans? Probably not. I don't know. I mean, it'd be hard to justify an execution in this day and age, but... He won't get executed, but he might be walking in a country park. You uh, might get uh, epstein Yep. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or Dr. Kelly. You remember Dr. Kelly? Oh, God. Yeah, I thought about that guy for a very long time. But yeah, Dr. <laughs> Kelly... Just go for a walk in the woods, you know. Oh, he's killed himself. Yeah, me. You're right. He's yeah. killed himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No one will find out his ass uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, now. That's all I've got notes-wise. And that's... I don't feel like we've talked about the movie much at all. It's... um. It must be pretty bad. Anything you liked. Here you go. Anything you liked about it. Anything that immediately springs to mind that you enjoyed this film you said liked so I'm going to say liked bit but not something that's been the suits that's it the suit <laughs> with the car <laughs> and the sunglasses right okay the because book. I remember going in and saying can I have those Bond sunglasses and yeah they were Tom Ford's and they're like 500 quid I went ah oh, thanks but oh, I think I'll get them next time walked out that's why I remember <laughs> them <laughs> <laughs> all right so you out of all this film then you like the db10 and the wardrobe yeah and the sunglasses don't forget the sunglasses okay. that's kind of covered under the wardrobe but yeah okay um all right same question to myself what did i like about this film well yeah i quite like that jaguar the the, the cx75 quite like that um but the car chase was pretty quick it was pretty non-existent wasn't it really yeah um About it really, I te- and the best actor in the movie was Christopher Waltz, and he weren't in it for very long, was he? No, no, didn't do much at all, really. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those films that, uh, yeah, I, I don't dislike it, but it's just again, I always feel this with Bond, it's like uh, it was all right. I think you got the same relationship Daniel Craig had with Bond was like every time you see Bond you want to cut your wrist but you go back and watch it <laughs> <laughs> like he did you go and play the part again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah I mean it's amazing it really is yeah. so do you want to score it? Do we have to? Well yeah it's okay. kind of the point <laughs> oh, Jeez I really don't. I can't. I mean, I mean, I can't even remember the bloody movies. I said I'm watching them bits. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Bye. Okay. I'll... 
I'm gonna just give it a six because it, I can't give it any more or less. But I can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've got to, yeah, you've got to give it some credit for for the production values and the and the blah blah blah. I mean, it wasn't awful. It was just no. pretty f- forgetful. I think it's a. I think so. The... I'm giving oh. it a six too. Okay. Because you can't give it a five or anything lower than a six no. because that means it'd be awful. Yes. And it's not awful. It's just. No. A Bond film, I think I might have said this before, it's that Bond films, for me, are like going to Weatherspoons. And for people that are not English and are not aware of Weatherspoons, <laughs> <laughs> Weatherspoons is like a chain of pubs around the whole country. Um, well, it's even Scotland and Wales, isn't it? So, yeah. the whole of the UK. And it's dirt cheap. Right? Cheap and cheerful. Uh, yeah, beer is cheap, food is cheap. You go in there with expectations, right? You know that you're going to drink a bit and you're going to eat a pizza that's average average size average flavor and you're okay with that it's like this is okay it's quite cheap it's fine it's okay and bond is like that for me it's like it's the the movie equivalent of weatherspoons i I think what's going to happen someone's going to say hold on you're Comparing Weatherspoons with a premium product, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you are, yeah. And to be honest with you, they have become like them Weatherspoons. The the actual elite it was, it's gone. Bond's eliteness is gone because in the old movies, there are people fascinated with things because, as I said, not that many people used to go on holiday or bored anyway. Yeah, so they would go. Totally they would different. go to the butler. They would go to Butlins or wherever it was in those days. <laughs> or, uh, or no, I'm not saying Butlins. Yeah, but yeah. Bahamas <laughs> wasn't affordable for the average Joe. But now yeah. everyone can go on holiday, so there's nothing there that is amazing. Oh, okay, it's Mexico City. Yeah, well, I was there last year for a few weeks for argument's sake. Or rhyme. I've been there half a dozen times whatever yeah, it may be twice. yeah, yeah. I'm, i haven't um, been there but i'm just giving an example mate <laughs> yeah yeah i know yeah uh, and it's understandable yeah so even like even the sports cars right yes. i know that that you know that that's unattainable i can't i can't buy a db10 or a jacob a cx75 um so but you just become... kind of like, oh, it's another sports car. It could have been a Ferrari. It could have been a Lamborghini. It could have been a, a, a Pagini. It could have been whatever. Who cares? It's not attainable for me. I can't look at that and aspire to it because... No. Well, our system's bust, isn't it, really, in that sense? The the dream is no longer possible to um, obtain. Uh, yeah, but no, we know. Yeah, but that's going into politics. But another thing is, <laughs> they've also become quite common those cars. Remember, because don't forget, the footballers have suddenly got all this money which they never used to have. So you, yeah. it's, if you live in one of these cities of uh, where's a big or in parts of London, you'll see these cars all the time around footballers and the, all the rich. Arab uh, people who live in London, uh, Russians, and whatever who else. It's no longer a exclusive brand like it used to be. It, yeah, I mean, it's, it is exclusive, but not to the yeah, not to the point where you think yeah. I need to see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just that's it. It's Weatherspoons, mate. 
Yep. James Bond movies are fucking Weatherspoons. All I'm going <laughs> to say to all I'm going to say to Barbara Broccoli, you need me, mate, to bring it back to class, <laughs> to make it heavens. Oh yeah, there was one interesting fact I forgot about this movie because oh. it was so. Rules. Rules is one of the whole oldest restaurants in London, if the oldest. If I get the correct, Rules, where he, where M was having his dinner, and uh, where Money Penny and Q went to see him, and he right. said there, that's it's one of the oldest restaurants and posh restaurants of London. Rules restaurant. See why? Why isn't that a little bit elaborated on in the film? Because that. I mean that that scene could have been any restaurant anywhere, just a generic restaurant. Yes, and Ian Fleming used to go there as well. I think that, that they should have played it on more. You're right because it could have been any restaurant. They didn't play on it that well. It's it's just so generic. I mean, oh, it's oh. in Austria. Oh, it's in London. Oh, it's in Tangiers. There's no sort of feeling of the culture these things it's literally right. just plonk a bunch of cameras in yes. an area and go oh look there's big ben okay yeah there's there's tower bridge or whatever the fuck and that's it there's nothing else is there? there's no sort of no it could be anywhere we, it could have been in daniel craig's back garden we would have <laughs> seriously i mean yeah it's that bad I'm, you're right that uh, did not make I mean, us anything not... of yeah, I mean, that's not just Spectre, is it? I mean, that goes right. for a, a number of these Bond films, is that they're in a certain location. I think yeah. probably the last film I felt like there was some kind of cultural vibe in that one of the scenes they shot was probably in the Pierce Brosnan movies. Was that the one where he was in China under that shower or something or, uh, in the street in Thailand or somewhere? I've got I've got an image of him driving through sort of oil fields. Where, what one was that? Oh, yeah. The World is Not Enough, where it was about, hmm. uh, what do you call it, Baku. Yeah, I just got, you know, that, that was probably the last film I, I watched, last Bond film, I felt like I was kind of getting a little yeah. bit of exposure to the culture and stuff. The rest of it was just very generic, very kind of non-committal to anything. Just yeah. Let's get mm. let's get this done. Let's let's wrap it up and go home. Wrap it yeah. up, Craig. Here's, That's what your money. Now fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like that. It really does. And I think so, after, after Spectre, I think we need to discuss why do the world think he's been the best, best Bond since Connery, or in some cases better than Connery? Because I can't see it myself. Hmm. Um, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware that people rated Daniel Craig very, very highly like that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Hmm. Let's just briefly go over some trivia, shall we? Just a few. So, yeah, so that we are actually adding something of some value to this movie review this week. Um, in the Ian Fleming James Bond stories, Hans Oberhauser, who is the father of this movie's friends Oberhauser, Christopher Waltz, Christoph mm -hmm. Waltz, was a skiing and climbing instructor who taught Bond while he was at the Fettles College in Edinburgh. Fettles College in Edinburgh? Yes, very famous. Uh, Tony mm. Blair went there. Really? Uh, okay. Yep, and so did, uh, I think, Fleming when he got kicked out of Eton. In Fleming's Octopussy, 
1966 short story, Bond says of him, he taught me to ski before the war, when I was in my teens. He was something of a wonderful man. He was something of a father to me at at a time when I happened to need one. So that's the tenuous connection then. But obviously he couldn't say that uh, in this one. By the way, he was like my father before the Second World War. I'm only 80 years old, but I look young. Yeah. Ah. Is it going to say, um, yeah, <clears throat> Hans Uberhauser? Who's he? I don't remember him. Daniel Craig yeah. said that it was getting harder and harder to get fit for his shirtless scenes as James Bond at the age of 47. There you go. So he's 47 in this. And we were saying he was starting to look old. So he's saying, I'm getting my kit off in this movie. Question. Of course I'm getting my kit off. I seem to be bare-chested throughout this film again. Yes, I've been working out for six months. I worked myself to death to get fit. No secret method involved, just sheer hard graft. It's getting harder, I would admit. But such is life. I'll keep going as long as I'm physically able. So even he realised that he was getting on a bit. And, you know, obviously, the older you get, the more difficult it does be, it does be become to, to remain in shape. So, hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I 110% agree with him. But then again, see, he wanted to play Bond till he was in his 50s, so he did play one more movie. But I mm-hmm. personally think... Um, the funny thing about his uh, movies have been... The gap has been so big between each of his movies obviously uh he hasn't been like the other bonds where he's basically still looked young i think it was only his first two movies where they were two years apart and after that it's been a four or five year gap and that's why by this movie i think um i think it was a five or six year gap or seven year gap or something Mm. like that and that's why obviously he looks out of he looks older from the face and it's very very hard for him to keep in shape to look like a guy who's in his 30s which you know doesn't matter how hard you work out your body will Mm. tell you so monica bellucci a little bit of history with her you may be aware of this already but previously she auditioned for a bond girl role prior to being cast in this movie in 1997, in an interview with Playboy magazine, former James Bond Pierce Brosnan said that Bellucci had screen-tested for one of the two leading Bond girl roles. as Paris Carver in Tomorrow Never Dies, yes. the part in the end being cast with Terry Hatcher. Brosnan said Mon- Monica Bellucci is a ravishing beauty, a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. She screen-tested to be a Bond girl a while back, and the fool said no. Terry Hatcher stole the day instead. And I think she also said that the world is not enough. I think she also um, auditioned for that as well. But the other mm. French French actress got it instead of her. But anyway, Monica Bellucci, she, I think she was the oldest born. I think she was 50 when that movie was made. Spectre mm. was made. And I'm turning for that 50-year-old. Bloody hell. <laughs> and Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman was approached for the role of Franz Ober- Oberhauser, Blofeld. But he was unwilling to commit to a six months production. So uh, they got yeah. Christopher Waltz instead. Yeah. He's brilliant in uh, Chained. Django? Oh, Django. Django, Django yeah. and Chained, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's brilliant in that. that. Yeah. yeah. And in Glorious Bastards, I think that's probably his best role I've seen oh, him in. Yeah. Where he pays uh, that Nazi who he loves his uh, cake and he's a 
sarcastic son of a bitch mm. sort of thing and a cool bastard yep. very arrogant yeah yeah, yeah. well should we leave it there then yeah, <coughs> somehow <laughs> somehow we've managed to drag this out for an hour i know bloody hell amazing, amazing. <laughs> i know considering we've, we've not really got much to talk about at all regarding spectre and neither of us have I particularly enjoyed the film, yet yeah, we've still managed to last this out for an hour. Amazing quality entertainment. See, that's where we're getting professional. To me, that's what it is. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I think we're becoming good at the jokes as well. I think we. I hope. Well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, our audience will appreciate the effort that we go through <laughs> watching, the, watching these movies and not really enjoying them. Sacrificing our Sundays, you know, the day of yeah. rest. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, there's other stuff I could be doing right now. No, I could be. There's other cheesecake. stuff. A lot. Of, <laughs> yeah, well, you might be doing that, but no, other I, stuff I could do. Other stuff I could do on a Sunday evening that would be more enjoyable than talking this. But this is why this is where we're at. Dedicated well, professional. So I hope the viewers and listeners fucking appreciate it. I hope so. <laughs> the truth is, like you were saying, when you get older, it's hard to get in shape. I'm back, trying to get back into shape myself. So that's what I've been doing. And today, I've been doing that. So, um, yes. Uh, and I'm brag. Man, it's t- high, tiring. <laughs> and I'm humble tired. Brag. Yeah, humble brag. Humble brag. I needed to do it. Yeah. Oh, so difficult. Oh, so hard, but, mate. Know, I've got to do it. Fucking hell. Right. Let's leave it there. Let's wrap this up. So, um, yeah, thank you for watching and listening. If you did manage to get all the way through, then why not give us a like and a subscribe? I mean, Christ, you know, we've managed to drag this out for an hour. The least you can do is is like and subscribe, you bastards. Um, you can find us all over the internet, social media and stuff if you're that interested. And if you're not, well, don't bother. Whatever. I'm going to say See you later, right? I'm going, to say, I'm going to say this for the last time, though. <laughs> I hope our third leg of the team it will be here next time, or Mr. Um, Invisible, as I call him. Um, if he's not, then we will we'll be sending him a P45, and uh, we'll need to get a new comedian in. But uh, until then, myself and Paul will try our best, making uh, the audience laugh. And sorry about tonight, it was a really bad movie, I think really bad, and I can't watch it anymore. But anyway, good night, and I'm bloody tired after drinking this for an hour and two minutes. You're going to end yourself after this, you know. So we won't be here next week. <laughs> I, I, can't you see? I've already got the uh, sort of <clears throat> knife ready to slip my wrists and everything. Yeah, I, I can... And, uh, uh, the twinkle in your eye your eyes are just dulled they're just the life is extinguished from your eyes is that enough it's gone mate <laughs> that's it I can't bear this anymore <laughs> well maybe save that till next Sunday then because maybe we could do that live Samir ends himself live there you go that'd be entertaining so tune in next week for that viewers and listeners <laughs> you never know who might get more audience for it <laughs> Justin might turn up for it as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good pitch. Yeah, Justin, come back because Samir might might top himself. Yeah. <laughs> I right. wanted him to do that for ages. Bloody hell, at last, you might say. <laughs> anyway, All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for watching, and listening. We'll see you again next week.
Bye. next week, guys. Bye.